0: Welcome to Trinity. We're a church family learning how to follow Jesus in the city of Nottingham. Our vision is to see the church on fire and the city alive. Morning church. So this morning we're going to read from Acts 2 verses 42 to 47. praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you so much. Good morning, everyone. Um, My name's Amy. I'm part of the team here. If you are visiting as part of the baptism or for some other reason, you are so welcome. Um, I'm just going to pray before we begin and then let's chat about Acts 2. Lord Jesus, I just pray this morning that people won't hear from me, that they will hear from you. I just pray, Holy Spirit, that you will move amongst this space. You have full permission to distract people, to be talking to them about something that is entirely personal to them. Be in hearts and minds all over this place as I speak, Lord. We long to hear from you. Amen. So we are in a series called the Jesus Revolution, and we are looking at what it looks like for Jesus to entirely revolutionize our hearts, our lives, and this city. And if you are visiting today, then you haven't heard the few weeks that have gone by, and that's okay. Um, You can look back and watch them back if you want to, but hopefully today will still make sense. So we've been going through Acts And initially, we've been looking at what does it mean for the church to get going? What does it mean for this community of people that we are to come together? So firstly, this morning, I would like you to have a little think about hotels. Cast your mind back to your summer or perhaps that dream holiday that you've pictured and is sat on your fridge This is very far from the camping that I did in the summer, but this is a Hyatt Hotel. It's an American chain, and this one in particular is in Florida. In 2015, Hyatt had 627 hotels and 97,000 employees. In contrast, this is an Airbnb. In 2015, the same year, they only had 2,300 employees, and by 2018, they had more rooms available across America than the top five hotel chains combined. And not just in America, all over the world, Airbnb quickly grew to over four million listings without building a single hotel. How? Well, they put the hotel industry into the hands of ordinary people. I don't know about you, but not everyone has the ability to buy huge square footage, to build an enormous hotel. But lots of us have the opportunity and the space to share a spare room or maybe an extra small property that can be posted online and rented out. And that is what Airbnb has done to our hotel industry It's entirely transformed what it means to stay in a new place. I don't know if you stayed in Airbnb, but we have stayed in some amazing, really weird and wonderful places. And often I find now, I don't even think about looking at a hotel website. So as we think about Acts today, I would love you to have this idea of hotels just kind of mulling in your mind. And we'll come back to it at the end. So this week, we are looking at some of my favorite verses in the Bible. Asking the question, Of what did the first church look like? In Acts 2, we have the birth of the church at Pentecost. The disciples have been doing as they are told, they've been waiting, as Jesus told them to after he ascended to heaven, and he promised them that something would happen if they just waited. And we see that as they did wait, the Holy Spirit was poured out. There were signs and wonders, they began to speak in different languages. And all sorts of people began to join in this community of faith. But many didn't understand what was happening and began to suggest that this group of people were drunk. So Peter steps up to preach and to set the record straight. Significantly, at the end of Peter's sermon, we are told those who accepted his message were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day this is such a significant verse in scripture, because now we have a church. For the first time, there is a gathered group of people beyond the 12 disciples, the 72 that Jesus sent out, and those who had met Jesus personally, who had repented, believed in Jesus, and now wanted to learn how to live for this gospel. So these verses that we read today describes what happens next. What do you do with all these people who are united by nothing at all other than their experience of the Holy Spirit? There are no buildings, no structures, no handbook, nothing that they could look back on to see how this thing was going to go. All they had was the love of Jesus and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. So this morning I'm going to pull out four things that I think we can say about this new way of living, this new life in Jesus. The first thing to say is that this first church is entirely initiated by the Spirit. It's a Spirit-filled life. If you only take one thing from what I say this morning, I really hope it is this. These are not just good people. I think it is so, so easy to read the Bible and to see the people in it as these kind of amazing examples of people's lives. And they were amazing people, but they were no different from you and I. They weren't good people. They were spirit-filled people. The thing that has changed about them is that they have been filled by the Spirit. They're not more generous than you and I. They're not kinder. They're not more loving to their neighbor than you or I. But they have allowed the Spirit to take over their lives. So these newly baptized, spirit-filled people are not from one background or people group. They're completely diverse and are unified around the Holy Spirit. Most of these people won't have met Jesus in person when he walked the streets. Most had no understanding of this new way of living. But it seems like they were entirely open to the Holy Spirit transforming them. In a description of Acts 2 by these two men called Anthony Robertson and Robert Wall, they say that Acts 2, this little section that we've read, are illustrations of the community's resurrection practices. I love that phrase, resurrection practices. What does it mean to follow this resurrected Jesus? And it says that this blueprint of how to live in church together was written by Luke to secure this kind of fragile faith of a new believer. See, many theologians see this as more of an apologetic, more of a kind of idea of how it could look on its very best day, kind of a too-good-to-be-true community that is maybe written as this sort of ideal that maybe wasn't seen in real life. They're often disregarded, these verses, or distance is created from reality and what's written here. But I don't really buy that because, mostly because of this one fact, that is written by Luke so the gospel of Luke is written by Luke and he also writes the book of Acts and his whole approach to both books is that of a journalist Luke writes what he saw as he saw it the Acts 2 church isn't an ideal it's a description of a church functioning as it should a church loving Jesus and loving their neighbor empowered by the spirit So it's not an impossible reality as we read these verses. But I think what makes it feel impossible to many of us, me included, as I read these verses, is that we don't read Pentecost first, but we actually just make this a list of tasks within our life. Things we should do, things we could do. Wouldn't it be amazing if I became more like that? But actually, this kind of life has to have Pentecost first. It's entirely possible to live this way if we allow the Spirit permission to change our hearts. So, secondly, these verses describe an integrated life. So, having established that the Holy Spirit initiates this whole new community, the next thing to notice is that this list of things that they begin to do together is entirely integrated. When someone you know becomes a Christian, or perhaps you could think about when you yourself came to faith, there are certain things that you would imagine someone would start to do within their Christian life. Perhaps pray, go to church, maybe give money to charity. In this description of the early church, we see some of those sort of obvious Christian things. But we also see some other things that maybe wouldn't be so familiar within our Christian lives. So just to list them out, there is listening to teaching, fellowship, the breaking of bread and prayer, signs and wonders, communal possessions, selling property for those in need, worship in the temple, eating together in homes, praising God, and daily salvations. So firstly then, this primitive church was engaged in regular worship, prayer, and teaching. The elements one would expect within a service like this or in another church like it. And yet, it seems these elements are not separate from the practical tasks of life, such as owning possessions, how we spend our money, and what we do within our homes. Worship at home and worship in the temple are both referenced, but it doesn't seem that one is elevated above the other. This isn't a house church separate from a gathered church. But instead, this is a list of all the different ways that a Christian person can live out their life across a week. So it seems that in this list, worship is not more Jesus like than generosity. Breaking bread, more sacred than giving to those in need. All of the elements, however, are communal. The life being described by Luke is an open, communal, and together life. And that's perhaps one of the most challenging things about this description. This is church and home integrated as the body of Christ. I don't know about you, but I really want to live a life that looks like this. I feel really energized when I read these scriptures. I think they're so exciting. I think that this is such a beautiful picture of what life could be, full of community and generosity and the richness of one another. But, if I'm honest, it also looks quite tiring. It looks like a stretch from my current lifestyle. I do come to the church a lot and I love being here, but I don't see people come to faith every day. And I don't find myself selling things when I know that someone's in need. Some of these verses are really, really challenging. But as I said, it's so easy to quickly make this list Things about our own way of living, our own striving, whether or not I'm working hard enough, whether I'm showing up enough, all of those things. And that's to lose sight of these verses altogether. This integrated overflow of life, (coughs) excuse me, only happens when we allow the spirit to move. Letty Russell, who I really like and writes on hospitality, says that this community is Only unified because of the Spirit. We can only live as brothers and sisters in Christ because of the Holy Spirit. There is faith in the miracles of the apostles. I think that quite often if we pray for someone to be healed or we pray for someone to become a Christian, we know that's a real act of faith. We know that that takes the Holy Spirit in order for those things to happen. But it also takes faith to share what you have. It also takes faith to give beyond what you think you're able to give. All of these things take faith. All of us are ordinary people who need help to live the Christian life. Robinson and Wall, who are um, theologians who write on these verses, say this, In order for people to let go of anything, they must be taken hold of by something else. To be filled with the Spirit was to live a communal life. The Spirit is filling these Christians' lives and hearts and thus allowing hands to freely share the goods and possessions they have. It is just as much a miracle if we live these generous, open-handed lives as it is if we see someone healed or come to faith. These things take faith I would encourage you if you attend here at Trinity perhaps you've stuck for six or you've been coming for a while to take a step further in but not through your own hard work or that email that you've been putting off but because of the prayers that you pray today ask the Holy Spirit how you could take a step further in to the life he has for you maybe it's serving on a team maybe it's opening your home Maybe it's exploring, fostering, or adoption. There's all different ways that the Holy Spirit can encourage us to open our lives more fully. And all of it begins in prayer. So maybe that's something that you could do today. I became a Christian in a friend's kitchen. And I am so confident that a prayer on a friend's sofa is as powerful as a prayer in this building. And so just think what the possibilities are as you begin to pray and open up your life all of your life to Jesus. Okay, so next, we've established that this way of life isn't just a good deeds list of the early church. And I've already stressed the point that this is all initiated by the Holy Spirit. And we know that the Holy Spirit's job, the Holy Spirit's heart, the Holy Spirit's love is to lead us to Jesus. This description of life is an entirely Jesus-centered life. Everything in this early church points to the person of Jesus. See, this is why I love thinking about the fact that Acts is written by Luke, because Luke walked with Jesus in in his days on earth. So let's just look at the Gospel of Luke for a few examples. In Luke 19, Luke describes seeing the tax collector Zacchaeus come down from the tree, he welcomes Jesus to his table, he gives away his possessions and he settles his debts. In Luke 15, he tells us of Jesus telling the prodigal son um, parable. And in that, the prodigal son returns home to a banquet with his father who loves him and shares everything with him. And in Luke 5, Levi, the tax collector, walks away from everything he has to follow Jesus, celebrating by hosting a banquet for other sinners just like him. So in Acts 2, Luke is now describing this group of people welcoming one another, giving away belongings and sharing finances. When people encounter Jesus, whether in spirit or in person, the way they see themselves, their homes and their possessions entirely change. I just think it must have been so exciting for Luke to look at this group of people and for him this would have made perfect sense. This would have looked just like the Jesus that he knew and had walked with. Paul Borgman, who looks at the way, he looks at kind of the early church Christians, according to Luke, he places salvation squarely within this discussion on the early church. He recognises the consistency in Acts and Luke, suggesting that there is no disconnect whatsoever between the teaching of Jesus and what the believers in Acts rehearse. This is a community that have been changed by Jesus. And so they start to live like he did. They didn't simply repent and believe, but they took part. They lived and acted on the things they believed. So finally, my last point is that this church, this first group of people, suggests a hospitable life. This early church points us to an open and surrendered life. Hospitality is one of my favourite things to talk about, and there is nothing that I love more in the world than a table full of people and a very loud, busy house. But that might not be your favourite place, and that's okay. These verses don't just encourage us to practice hospitality. Instead, they describe how people filled with the Holy Spirit become hospitable, For Luke in particular, a transformed life is a hospitable life. Hospitality is not just a practice or a gift of the Spirit, but the mark of a community established in Christ. Jesus welcomes us into the kingdom and we welcome him into our hearts. Saved people welcome people, inviting them to become saved people. And on and on, the church grows. Hospitality is not something we do. Hospitable is something that we become. We need to begin hospitality from the inside out. Rather than focusing on that outward practice of maybe entertaining one another or opening up our homes for meals. Instead, hospitality is a mark of salvation. The early church community knew this relationship in practice Fellowship with Jesus and one another went hand in hand. Jesus is the most hospitable person who has ever lived, and he lives in us. Sharing a meal, giving away hard-earned savings, or perhaps welcoming a foster child or an adopted child into your home are as much acts of gratitude for what Jesus has done in our lives than prayer and worship on a Sunday. They're the overflow of the Spirit working in us, encouraging us to open our lives more and more to him. All those who have welcomed Jesus into their hearts are hospitable people. They abide with him and him with them. Our hearts have been opened, leading us to open lives. So if we look at these verses and think they're really hard to live, that's okay. They're really hard to live. They're not supposed to be lived on our own. Letty Russell again reminds us this. Hospitality is an impossible possibility. We are called beyond what we believe are our limitations to live into a greater possibility. It's only possible because of the spirit. So finally, let's return to the hotel comparison that I gave you at the beginning. I actually read this in a book called Francis Chan's Letters to the Church, which is a really explosive book. It's kind of amazing, but it's also quite fiery. He sort of tears apart everything you've ever thought about the church and then sort of tries to put it all back together again. I'm still kind of reeling from reading it. But he talks about cities. He talks about these kind of visions that we have here to see the church on fire and the city alive. And he says, within our cities, he says this, if God wants to move powerfully, and save thousands, they won't fit in our church buildings. As I said, our vision here is to see the church on fire and the city alive. There are currently an estimate of 331,200-ish people living in this city of Nottingham. And I genuinely believe that when we pray for the city to come alive, we're praying for all of those people. We're praying for every single person who lives in Nottingham. Well, if that's true, then we can't fit them all in here and we can't fit them in every church building across the city. And yet, if we see Hyatt Hotels, for example, and Airbnb coming together, then as we've seen a hotel industry entirely transformed, just think about the church. The early church met in temples and homes entirely side by side. They were in the temple courts and they broke bread in their homes. We can't rely on Hyatt Hotels to house every person across the city, just like we can't rely on every single person who we would love to see come to know Jesus being in this building or another building like it. But if we offer up our homes, if we take it upon ourselves in our street, in our neighborhood, in our little patch of the city, then who knows what could happen across this city. We need to gather together in church like this. We need to be together to worship and to pray and to thank God for all he's done. But that's not enough. To see the church on fire and the city alive, we need to surrender our homes to the Spirit. Only then, are the possibilities endless. So we have seen that these early Christians lived a life that was spirit-filled, integrated and hospitable. So having looked at this community, what do we do now? I would suggest that if we want to see similar things in our own life, all we need to do is pray, come Holy Spirit. If you've been living this Christian life on your own, if you've been trying really hard and showing up and doing the things that you think you need to do, I would encourage you this morning to give up and instead to ask the Holy Spirit to come. Finally, I'm just going to read these verses from John 4 that Jesus told his disciples, and then we're going to pray together. He said this, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, the Spirit, to be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. That's the promise of Jesus, that the Holy Spirit will come to us when we ask so I'm going to ask the band to come back and let's stand if, if you're able. We're just going to ask the Holy Spirit to come.